I really want to just dive into the Word this morning. I have a Word that really has been burning in my spirit. Really over the last while, as the Lord has been speaking to me about the direction and the future of our church. Last week I shared with you on Vision Sunday that I believe God wants us to build on the foundation that we have laid. But to do so with the same passion, the same way that we did when we started laying the foundation in the beginning. And when we try and define that, it can sometimes be a little difficult to explain. So this morning, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to explain to you what that really means, what that really looks like. I'm going to give you five keys, five steps. And for the purpose of a title for the message, I'm going to call this Getting to the Next Level getting to the next level, because I'm going to be speaking about this from the church's point of view, but also from an individual point of view. In fact, it even goes as far as to be for your business too, for your family, for everything in life. I want you to understand that God wants us to go to the next level. Thank you for your overwhelming excitement. Amen. How many of you believe that the Lord wants us to get to that next level, to go beyond where we are right now? So the first key to getting to that next level is probably the most sort of obvious one, I believe, which is really desiring more, desiring more. And that can really primarily begin with desiring more of God, okay? But you must understand that God does not want you to stay where you are right now. He wants you to go further. He wants you to do more. He's called you to not stop moving. When you stop moving, when you stop going forward, when you stop progressing, it's not a good place to be. And I'll show this to you from Scripture. We see three really powerful examples where He teaches us and tells us that we should grow. We should move forward. We should desire more. Romans 1.17 says it like this. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we are called to live by faith, but we should also go from faith to faith. We should not stay at the same point. We should not stay at the same level. Some people want to say, well, there's no such thing as levels. Well, that's not really true. There really are. There really is different levels that we can go to. We can go further, and God wants us to achieve more. Watch this. In Psalm 84, verse number 7, it says, They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. God wants you to go from faith to faith, but He also wants you to grow from strength to strength. He wants you to progress. He wants you to move forward. God doesn't want you to stagnate. He doesn't want you to be the same today, tomorrow. Are you with me? There was a prophet that used to say, you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you look right now. God wants you to go forward. Amen. I should hope we're somewhere. Okay. All right. Let's move on. (laughs) The Lord wants us to go from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Watch this. But we all, with unveiling face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God or by the Spirit of the Lord. We go from glory to glory. We experience His glory. We go from one level to another level. We grow as we behold Him. As we seek Him, He begins to transform us. He begins to change us from one state to a higher state. From faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. Some people will sit there and go, oh, I just don't feel like doing anything, Pastor Alex. I just want to just exist and and just inhabit the earth for a period of time and then float on to be with the angels in the clouds. Amen. But I want to show you what Paul the Apostle says when he writes to the church in, in Philippians, the Philippian church. This is very powerful. And I think this really describes what I'm trying to share with you this morning. Watch what he says. Philippians 3, verse number 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Listen, 
we're not talking about some fly-by-night here. We're talking about the God that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament outside of the Gospels. We're talking about a God that's writing to the, the Philippian church while his, most scholars believe, in prison. And he's writing towards the end of his career. So he's already been going a long time. This is not the first book that he wrote. He'd already written the inspired word of God. This guy was, was like the man. Are you with me? And look at what he says. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. So he says, listen, I haven't attained everything. I'm not perfect. I haven't run my race. To, I'm not done yet. Are you with me? Again, we're not speaking about just some average Joe here. We're talking about a guy that, that at this point in his career could be saying, listen, I think there should be a statue about me by now. There should be a couple of documentaries on my life. You know, and at this point, you know, maybe there should be a little city named after me. You know, nothing like that. He's saying, listen, I have not that I've already attained or am already perfected. He says, but I press on. Come on, somebody say press on. That's what God wants us to do. You cannot stay at the same place. He wants you to press on. He wants you to keep going. He wants you to keep moving. He wants you to go from strength to strength, from faith to faith from glory to glory. That's why as a church, we can't stop and go, oh, you know, we've done so great. No, we have to go from faith to faith. We have to go from strength to strength. There is more of God. There is more He wants to do. Amen. He says, brethren, I do not count myself. Wait, let, let's, let's go back. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So his, 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 his mentality is simply this. I have not arrived. There is more. Come on, everybody say there is more. God wants to take you from where you are to the next level. He wants to get you out of where you're at right now and take you beyond what you ever imagined. When it's over, then it's over. But it's not over for you yet because you're still here. There is still something that He wants to do with your life. And it's spectacular. It's spectacular the things He wants to do with you if you will let Him. Paul, who has already done so much, is saying, listen, I'm not perfect. I haven't attained at all. I continue to press on because I know that there is something more, that there is another level, that there is a greater level, that there is more God that you want to do. And then he says this, and this is where it gets really powerful. He says, but one thing I do. How many of you believe that if he says, listen, I'm saying all of this, but if there's one thing I do, we better pay attention to what it is. He's about to say something. Listen, out of everything I could say to you, there's one thing that I do. One thing. Watch this. This is very powerful. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. That means one of two things or both. Number one. Forgetting your mistakes, forgetting your failures, forgetting the things that you did wrong. Some of you are stuck in your past failures. Listen, you failed 10 years ago. Why are you still in the pit? Get out of the pit. Move on. Paul says, listen, I know one thing. I've done all of this stuff. I've achieved all of this stuff, but I know I haven't arrived. But there's one secret, guys. There's one thing that you must learn. Do not look back. Are you with me? Do not look back. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. So the one thing is to forget the mistakes, the failures, because we've all got many of those, especially you, okay? No, not you, the guy sitting next to you. All right. Okay, the guy at the end of the aisle. Just go like this. Just do this. Just don't look, okay? The other thing that so many people don't realize is that your success can also be your stumbling block. And this is huge. You see, he starts by saying, he lets us know that he's recognized that he has not arrived, which tells us that he's had success. 
that he has achieved much. But he gets to this place and he says, one thing, one thing I'm not going to forget. There's one thing you must realize. Forgetting those things which are behind me. Everything that we've done, everything that we've achieved, even as a church. Listen, we cannot stop and think we've done it. Look at what we've achieved. We have only just begun. We cannot forget that, 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 that we've gotten to this place. We're thankful for where we are, but now it's time to not look back anymore. Stop celebrating. Stop rejoicing. There's more to do. Come on, we've only just begun. Same for you. You may have been successful. Listen, you might be a businessman sitting out there and you say, you know what? Man, it's great. The Lord has blessed me. I'm just good. I'm just kind of like just going to float around and, you know, just reap the spoils. What are you doing? There is more for you. God didn't bless you that way so that you could just enjoy the spoils. Oh, I know I'm stepping on somebody's toes right now. I'm going on this side because all of you are on the other side of the building. Hallelujah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Forgetting those things which are behind, we rejoice, we are thankful, but there is more. There is more that God wants to do. Amen. And he says, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He understood that he needed to move forward. He understood that God had only just begun with him. And again, think about it. Stop for a moment. We're talking about Paul. Paul, who did so much by this point already, guys, established churches, written letters, traveled half the world at that stage. Apostle of apostles. He says, listen, I have not attained at all. I have not achieved everything. I can't stop now and start celebrating. There is more to be done. There is more that I have to do. It reminds me of the story of Caleb. When Caleb goes to Joshua and he says, listen, he says, listen, there is some land. There, there are some things the Lord has promised me. He says, I'm ready to take it now. He was 85 years old. He says, we are able to do it now. Now, I wasn't ready before, but now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to do it. Now I'm ready to take it on. Now I believe those promises are time. It's time for them now. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't sit and wait to die. Come on, somebody. This is already much better than the first service, just so you know. Actually, that's debatable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amen Don't over celebrate your success Be thankful, move on And watch this What you need to oftentimes realize Is that your current success Is, or is actually tomorrow's test Your current success Is actually part of tomorrow's test so how you steward and handle what you've been given now is the very seed and place where God wants to, to see what you will do, how you will do, do it, how you'll deal with it, how you'll move with it to take you to that next level. Come on, somebody say there's a next level. There's a next level. Oh, there's a next level for somebody in this place this morning. There's a next level for somebody in this building this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, get to your feet and say, there's a next level for me. There's a next level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He says in 14, I press towards. Everyone say press towards. I want you to understand, he doesn't say at this point, he doesn't say, he says, oh, you know, I'm not forgetting the things of the past, you know, I'm doing all of this. He doesn't say, well, right now I'm just going to wait. No, he says, I press. Everybody say press one more time. That means you have to do something. That means you've got to make sure that you get yourself out of that place. God is a healer. He is a rescuer. He is a deliverer. He is the one who will pick you up. But you've got to say, Lord, here I am. I want to do it, Lord. Yes, Lord. You said, you said, send me. Here I am, God. Send me, Lord. Hallelujah. He says, I press towards the goal. 
of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's realized that there is another level. He's realized that there is more. As a church, we will never stop seeking God, going after more of God, pressing into more because there are more miracles. There are more healings. There are more deliverances. There are more lives that must be changed. There are more people that must be touched. There are more families that must be healed. There are more people in the city that need breakthrough. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And then he says, therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And I'm so glad that some of you that are disagreeing, watch what he'll say just to you. Isn't he wonderful, Paul? He just knew what to write, man. Must have been the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He says, therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise... God will reveal even this to you. Come on, there's more, guys. There's more. We are not done yet. God has a great plan for you personally, for your business, for your future, for your family. He's not done yet. Man, I feel so strong in my spirit that there are people that are stuck in a pit with the shames from yesterday. The enemy has kept you bound and you have been stuck in that place and you thought God cannot take you out of it. I'm here to tell you this morning that there is a King, there is a God in heaven who is well able to deliver you, who is well able to pick you up. You busy standing there saying, God, oh God, how can I? Don't you remember what I did? He's saying, what are you talking about? Get up and begin to do something about it. Come on. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 26 verse number five says, He sought God in the days of Zechariah who had, who, had, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. You see, it's when we get to that place that we stop seeking the Lord, that we stop going after Him because we feel like we've either been, we've either failed or we feel like we've already succeeded. And that is a place of absolute danger because as soon as we stop seeking Him, as soon as we stop, as soon as we stop going after Him, going after more, that's when oftentimes what He wants to do, take us further, prosper us further, actually stops. Are you with me? Amen. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 15, verse 10. There's a lot here. I'm not going to get through it all, so I want to be intentional. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 10. So they gathered together at Jerusalem. In the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa, and they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep of the spoils that they had brought. Do you see that they have had victory? Do you see that they have riches? They are doing well. They have succeeded. Are you with me? Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. That's the secret, guys. No matter where you are, as long as your heart is set to seek the Lord, you will always be blessed. You will always go from strength to strength, from from faith to faith, from glory to glory, as long as your soul is set to seek the Lord. And that's what they did. Now watch what it says. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. I have decided that we are going to do that here. If you're, some of you are so worried, you are first in line. I'm joking, guys. Okay, this is Old Testament stuff. We have a different dispensation. There is hope for you. Amen. Don't worry, okay. And, all right. But it's important that we understand this is, this is real. This, is, this was so important to them because they wanted the whole congregation, the whole nation to be in unity to see God. Why? Because they saw that when they sought the Lord, the blessing was there. His hand was there. 
what is the most important commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. What is that? To break it down is it's an individual that seeks Him with everything. That's why we can never get to a place in our failures or in our success where we say, I'm done. This is good enough or I just can't anymore. We have to always desire more of God. Amen. Are you, are you with me? Do you get it? Amen. Amen. You know, I remember when I planted the church right in the beginning. I was so committed to seeking the Lord. And I would pray and, and fast and seek God. And I would have encounters with the Lord, hours of prayer, hours of just trusting Him because there was nothing. There was a few people. I would walk out of that little room on the side into the building and there would be hardly anybody sitting there. And I would, I would have to completely trust God because the seats were empty. Are you with me? Now just because some of the seats are full doesn't mean I can get to that place where I feel like we've achieved something. Are you with me? I'm grateful for the seats that are full, but look around, there are still empty seats. And when the seats get full here, we'll go where there are empty seats again. And we'll continue to press in for more and for more. Never lose your hunger. Never lose your desire to seek God because of tangible things. Think about how you were when you started that business. When you just believed God, you had nothing. You had no customers. You had no one show up at your building. But as you pressed into God and as you began to trust Him, so He began to bless you and bless you and bless you. Don't get to the place where you think, oh, well, you know, thank you, God, it's all done. No. Everybody say there's more. Come on, there's more for you. Amen. We have to stay at that place, that same hunger, that same passion that we had when there was nothing. And this leads me into our second point to getting to the next level, which is to always remain in a humble posture, to stay humble. Psalm 25 verse 9 says, The humble He guides in justice, and the humble He teaches His way. Psalm 147, 6 says, The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. That same posture that you had when, when, when nothing was happening, you must have when God begins to bless you. When God begins to give you increase, you must stay humble. As a church, we must always remain completely dependent on God, on His presence, on His blessing, on His favor. We can do nothing in our own strength. As soon as we start thinking, oh, you know, it was because of that good idea that I had. Way too many eyes already. Yeah, you know, you woke up one morning and God gave you this great strategy for your business. Man, aren't you clever? Are you with me? Don't forget who it is who gave you that dream. And even some of you, you were in the world. You think that God didn't set you up. He set you up. He knew who you would become. He knew who you were long before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He knew you. Amen. I don't know what's happening this morning, guys. I'm innocent. Amen. Amen. <laughs> The Bible says in James 5.10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. And this one is so powerful. 1 Corinthians 8 verse number 2 says, And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by Him. Oh, that's actually so loaded. You see, sometimes we want people to think we're very clever. But the one who loves him is known by the only one who really matters. Who are you really trying to please? Who are you really trying to impress with your knowledge? Knowledge is a good thing. We need knowledge. 
But the fact is, it's when we become dependent on Him and love Him and trust Him to take us into the future, to take us out of where we are right now, that He comes and His favor and His blessing and His promotion comes to every one of us. It is available to us all. Amen. You guys okay? I love this scripture. One of my favorites. The Bible says in James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Everyone say more grace. I don't know about you, but I need more grace in my life every single day. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. When you recognize that it's God that can bless you, that can provide for you, that can take you beyond where you are now. Listen, when you recognize that the only one that can take you out of that sin is God Himself, when you put your trust entirely in Him, something happens. The Bible says He gives you grace. It's that grace that causes you to overcome. The Bible even says in the book of Titus that grace teaches us. Grace not only comes to us, but it actually teaches us to deny. Everybody say deny. I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with denying. Denying what? Ungodly living. Worldly lusts. The things that the enemy has said to destroy you. When you trust God, when you seek God, when you humble yourself in His presence, He will give you the grace to overcome. That's great news, guys. That's great news. Amen. So the second key to going to the next level is to have a humble spirit, a humble heart. The third thing, and I think this is also so important, is for us as a church or even as an individual to have an excellent spirit. God wants you to have an excellent spirit. Daniel 6.3 says this, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps. How? How was he different from all the other leaders? How was he different from all the other rulers, magicians and soothsayers and all those that were in that land that were trying to impress the king? What made him different? The Bible says it's because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king, king gave thought to setting him above the whole realm. When you have an excellent spirit, when you decide in your heart that you're going to give God the best of who you are, you're going to do everything that you do as unto the Lord. When you make a decision that you're not satisfied with the mundane, the same old, same old, you're gonna go above and beyond. God will promote you. He will bless you. He will place you before kings. God will give you supernatural favor. God will open doors for you, the likes of which no man can open. Oh, I could, we could stay here just on number three for a really long time. Listen to what the Bible says. Colossians 2 verse 23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. What it really means, the word heartily there is the word, is the word psych. It really is speaking of your inner man. It's speaking of your soul. It's speaking of do it with your whole soul. Do it with everything as though you're doing it unto the Lord. When people see you as a believer, as a child of God, and you determine to do everything you do with excellence, I promise you it has an effect. But the difference between you and someone in the world that has an excellent spirit is that you know where your strength comes from. And He is able to stop the moon. He is able to part seas. He is able to raise the dead. Come on, somebody. You think He can't give you favor? You guys are very quiet this morning. Amen. There was a young man in our church. And I watched this young man. He was connected to our church. And I was very close to him. Had a great relationship with this young man. He would come and see me and talk to me about different things. And he worked locally as a police officer. And this young man walked in integrity. This young man had an excellent spirit. This young man actually wouldn't compromise either. We'll talk about that in the next key. But I watched him. I watched him do everything with 
with determination. He believed that he could make a difference in our community as a police officer. But his dream was to be involved in the FBI. I hope I'm getting the story right. And the doors were closing for him in that area. He wasn't getting the promotions that he wanted or believed that God had ordained for him. But he continued to have an excellent spirit. And all of a sudden, a door supernaturally opened for him to become one of those guys that takes care of our governor, Ron DeSantis, like Secret Service or something. I don't know how this stuff works. But he has a young guy that should never get a position like that, that gets a supernatural hand of God. The favor of God comes on his life. Why? Because he has an excellent spirit. Because he trusts the Lord and favor is shown to him. Favor is given to him because he pursues God. That's how you get to the next level. As a church, we must always do everything with excellence. We should do it better than the world because we are doing it for the King of Kings and for the Lord of Lords. Can you say amen? The Bible says in Matthew 5 verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Everyone say good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. You see, what you do, the things that you do, will show people the light that is in you. If you're going to go out there and do things half-hearted, sloppy, second best, not your best effort, what kind of light is coming out of you? Don't get mad at me, guys. This is the third step. Amen. <laughs> God wants us to have an excellent spirit. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. When we pursue God, when we make a decision, when we make a decision to go after more, to remain humble and to work in everything before Him with excellence, He can give us promotion that, that we never even dreamed possible. The fourth thing, and I think this is so important, is as a church to go forward, to build on what we have in the beginning is to never compromise. You and I, as individuals in our walks with Christ, must not compromise. We cannot waver between two decisions. We cannot serve God and something else. Because one, there will be division. Two, a house cannot stand divided against itself. There will always be collapse. There will always be ruin. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings 18.21, then Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. But the people answered him, not a word. Why? Because they weren't ready to make a decision. Do you know how many times I've, as a pastor, had people that will come to me after a service just like this. They'll come to me and they'll say, Pastor Alex, you know, I want to serve the Lord. But you know, you know, there's just, you know, there's this thing. There's this girlfriend or whatever. I want to, but it's, you know, I'm just, how long will you waver? How long will you stay between the two? Make a decision, guys. No more compromise. Compromise leads to trouble. Compromise is the small foxes that spoil the vine. Compromise is what, 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 what causes churches to lose their passion. Compromise is what causes people to fall and stumble. We should not compromise as a church. We should not compromise as individuals in a church. Amen. Amen. There's an amazing story in Scripture. Most of us know the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What's really powerful about the story is that King Nebuchadnezzar makes a decree and, and he's kind of tri tri tricked into doing it, but it's amazing how the hand of the Lord is, is at work at all times. 
And basically what happens is they refuse to bow to an idol that has been created by him. They refuse to bow to this idol. And so he gets brought before the king. And what I want to show you is the way that they speak, their attitude, their heart, their decision to serve the Lord. Daniel 3.13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound, the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now watch this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the, from the fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hands, O King. This is great, right? But watch what they say next. But if not, let it be known to you, O King, that we do not serve our gods, uh, serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. In other words, listen. They say, listen. No matter what, we will not compromise. We will not bow down to you. And we know that our God is able to deliver us, that He will deliver us. But know this, Nebuchadnezzar, that even if He doesn't, come on somebody, even if He doesn't, even if we don't see the miracle, even if we don't see the breakthrough, I'm not willing to compromise. What's so amazing about this story is that Nebuchadnezzar becomes totally transformed. Do you know that he ends up writing a chapter in the book of Daniel? Do you know that he ends up, ah, man, and it's, this is part of the reason why. The Bible tells us that he, he sees when they, when they cast into the fire, that he looks into the fire and he says, weren't there three men? But I see a fourth man. A fourth man that is like the, the son of the most high God. He says something to that effect. He recognizes that there is someone that's with him. You must understand the God that they served. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was well able to deliver them. But I want you to realize they were still thrown in the fire. So sometimes we have to make tough choices. But don't compromise. If you want to go to the next level that God has for you, compromise will not help you get there. Are you guys okay? Do we have time for one more? One more. And this one to me is so important. The last one, the fifth key, is to deal with distractions. In order to get to the next level that God has for you, what is most important? Stay focused. And there's an incredible story in Scripture that really paints this picture for us perfectly. Let's go to Luke 10, verse 38. Luke 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. This is Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Everyone say distracted. The enemy will do whatever he can to distract you from what's truly important. And probably the greatest key to your breakthrough and getting you to the next level. And we know that it is because Jesus is about to tell us that. Watch this. He says, 
But Martha was distracted with much serving, even in your serving, even in your doing. Be careful that you don't lose what's most important. She was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Distractions. Distractions. God wants to take you to the next level. He wants to take you beyond where you are into the future. But there is one thing that is so important, and that is that we stay focused on the one thing that's more important than anything. He says this, and Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Everybody say one thing. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What was she doing? She was in His presence. She was sitting in His presence. You see, all the keys I've given you are so important, but this one is the one thing that is most important. If you look in Scripture, especially, obviously, in the New Testament, lives were changed at anyone who was in the presence of the Lord. There is no difference now. He has sent His Holy Spirit, another helper, which means one just the same as He is. He dwells in you, but will be with you. He will lead you and guide you. He will teach you. He is God. And He is with you. And when you spend time in His presence, when you spend time seeking Him, not doing all the other stuff, the other stuff is great, but it's so important to do the one thing that Jesus said, I will never take this away from her because it's the most important thing to spend time with Him. I remember when I planted the church in the beginning, it's the one thing I wanted more than anything was to be in His presence, to just sit in His presence and just spend time with Him. And over the last few months, that's exactly what I'm doing, just spending time with Him again. As we go into the future as a church, the one thing that will cause us to become exactly what God desires us to be as a church is a church that pursues the presence of God. The purposes of God really flow out of those who seek His presence. And it's exactly the same for your personal life. You see, when you're in a pit and you're trying hard to get out, can I challenge you to stop, close your eyes, and allow Him. Spend time with Him. Draw near to Him doesn't matter what mistakes you made. doesn't matter how far you fell back. It doesn't matter where you were, what, where you are. Just stop and say, here I am, Lord. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to draw near to you and begin to pursue him that way. And as you do that, as you pursue him, he will take you out of that pit. He will bring you out. Five keys to going to the next level for us as a church. Last week I shared with you, going back to baskets, there they are. Now you know what our plan is as we move forward. But that plan is not just for us corporately as a body, as a church. It's also for each and every one, us, one of us individually. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning. Be someone that wants more from God. Don't stay stagnant where you are. Be someone that pursues Him and that, that, that hungers for Him. But in your pursuit for Him, remain in a humble posture because everything you have comes from Him. Your ideas, all the things you've achieved, truly they come from Him. Stay and always be someone that has an excellent spirit. Be humble. Have an excellent spirit. Are you with me? Do not compromise. Stay focused. Stay, stay focused on God. When you mess up, don't cover yourself. Don't try and, and make excuses. Just say you were wrong. Are you with me? And then last but not least, the one thing that you must never let anyone take away from you is stay in His presence. 
Pursue His presence with your whole heart and watch what He will do, guys. Can we bow our heads? Father, this morning in this place, we stand, God, at a new chapter as a congregation. The foundation has been laid, but we know, Lord, the things that have gotten us this far. Yes, we look at the outward expression, ministries and cafes and all that stuff. But what really matters, God, are the things that matter to you. And what matters most to you are these people sitting in this place, God, and those that you will bring into this place, your people that you love, your sheep, God, that you love so much. Father, cause us to be a people that are never satisfied, that always desire to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Let us be a people, Father, that remain, Lord, always humble and, and seek after you with everything inside of us. Cause us to be a people that are excellent, God, that do your will and do your work with the spirit of excellence. And Father, cause us to, and help us, God, to never compromise, to not waver between two decisions. If you are our God, let us choose to serve you and more than anything, Father, cause us to be a people like Mary that said, I'm not going to waste one minute. I want to be in His presence. Lord, this morning I pray for everyone in this building and all those watching online, Father, that you will touch them, that you will cause deliverance even this morning to be their portion. Those that have maybe been stuck in a pit, God, that you will strengthen them this morning and draw them out, Father. Are you not the lifter of our souls? Are you not our healer, our deliverer, our comforter, our God? Are you not the same as you were yesterday? Will you not be the same tomorrow, God? You are the God of Abraham, the God of of Isaac and the God of Jacob. You are our God and there is none like you. You have been around from the beginning. All things were made through you and in this place this morning we honor you God. We, we, we surrender to you. We humbly come before you Lord and surrender our hearts to you. Have your way individually in every life, in every family, in every business as a church body Father. We stand this morning even with our brothers and sisters all across the nations God. We stand in unity this morning, desiring more of you. Let us never stay the same. Let us be like Paul. We have not apprehended, Father. We, are, we still have some stuff to do. One thing we know, God, is that we cannot look back, but we have to move forward into our tomorrow, right there with you, leading us and guiding us. And Father, I thank you that your word declares that there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You are our our deliverer, our healer. And we love you, God. We're thankful to you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you've come here this morning, every eye closed, every head bowed, if your life is not right with Jesus, if your life is not right with Him this morning, don't leave this place not knowing that you're saved. Not knowing that your name is written in the book of life. If you need to give your life to Him this morning, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. You can drop them. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. I've lost my way. I don't even know if I'm serving God anymore. I've, I've, I've become lukewarm. I've become backslidden. If that's you and you say, include me, please, Pastor, this morning. Raise your hand real quick. I'll include you in this prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, young, young person. I see your hand. Last call. Anyone else say, Pastor, include me in this. I see your hand right in the back. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Don't leave the same way, guys. This is, your, this is your moment this morning. Don't miss your hour of visitation. The presence of God is so strong in this place this morning. Last call. Anyone else say, include me, Pastor. Quickly slip your hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you over there. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand right in the back. Thank you. Can we all stand? Can everybody stand for just a moment? Many, many hands went up. Hallelujah. Come, let's give the Lord praise. Amen.
if you raised your hand this morning, please, if I can ask you, nobody move, just for one minute. This is gonna be quick. If you raised your hand, this morning when we pray this prayer, pray it from your heart. You see, that's the most important thing is what goes on here inside you. If you make this decision this morning to come back to God or to give your heart to Him this morning for the first time, He hears you guys. But if I can ask the whole congregation, please, church, let's all pray with them this morning. So if you, if you raise your hand, pray this with your whole heart. And as you pray, it will be so for you in the name of Jesus. Let's all pray together. Let's say, Father, I come to you this morning. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the book of life. Heal me now, God. I am yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Father, I pray for every person that has been touched by your word, by your presence, by your spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will draw them to the Father like never before. Let them realize that our rock, Jesus, our salvation is our healer, our deliverer, our savior, our best friend. Lord, I pray that they will never be the same again after this morning. And Lord, even those that are in this place that feel a tugging on their heart, draw them closer to you, God. As we look to the future, Father, I pray that we will never be satisfied with where we are, but always desire more of you, God. Father, let us us run this race. Let us run it with excellence and with, with, with determination to finish strong, God. And I pray this morning over every person in this place that the blessing of the Lord be upon them. The blessing of the Lord be upon your families, your households, your businesses, that He protect you during this December period with holiday period where people drive a little bit crazy. Father, I pray you protect them. Protect them from calamity. Protect them from, from drunk drivers. Protect them over this season, Father. And Lord, I pray that as we go towards the end of this year, we will not grow weary, but we will go stronger from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Lord, bless every person, bless every family. We give you thanks, God. We give you praise in this place. Come on, let's give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Give the Lord a big clap in this place. Come on, somebody that has something to shout about, give the Lord a shout this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you. May He give you grace in this week. Go in the peace and the favor of the Lord. We love you and we will see you next week. God bless you. Amen and amen.